Good morning, good evening, good night, wherever, however, and whenever you're listening. Welcome to another episode of The Melanin Report. I'm your host, Marquis Lupton, and we have another one for you today. It's Friday, so it's monologue day, and today we're blowing the top off the history of the black vote. And you know how I like to do, I like to bring in a panel to discuss these tough topics and end each show with things that make you say, hmm. So today we have our cousin of the show, Dr. Kamika Campbell, and her colleague Anna White joining us in studio today. This is part three of three of our podcast series this week, and we started the week discussing how tablets and phones are affecting kids under five. So if you haven't checked out Monday show, I guarantee you will enjoy that. And then on Wednesday, we had a great and insightful interview with April Ash, the executive director of the Legislative Black Caucus. And now, this. Today, we're going to dive deep into a topic that's as American as apple pie, or should I say as controversial as a politician caught in a scandal. Yes, 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 you guessed it. We're taking a look into the history of the black vote in America. Now, if there's one thing that's been consistent in American politics, it's the sheer audacity to make voting as difficult as figuring out the rules of cricket. He's right, you know. And nowhere has this been more apparent than in the tale of the black vote. So grab your history books and let's traverse the bumpy road of democracy, racial inequality, and the peculiar art of disenfranchisement. Hold on to your butts. The black vote's journey begins in the aftermath of the Civil War, when the 15th Amendment was ratified, supposedly guaranteeing the right to vote for all regardless of race. But hold on to your spectacles here, because good old Jim Crow was lurking around the corner ready to trample over those rights like a bull in a china shop full of voter registration. Fast forward to the modern era where we have the technology to send cat videos to the moon, yet somehow making voting accessible to all is still a major challenge. Check it out. In the 2016 election, over 8% of black voters reported experiencing issues at the polls. And let's not forget those infamous long lines that we've seen during voting time. The only time we see people waiting in line longer was back in the day when people would be waiting for Jordans. Stop this madness. What do you want from me? Ah, What do you want? Please! It's like the election officials got their timing tips from the DMV, I swear. But wait. There's definitely more. In 2013, the Supreme Court decided to ditch the pre-clearance requirement of the Voting Rights Act. It's like they looked at voter suppression and said, eh, we don't need that protection anymore. It's practically extinct, much like Blockbuster. Say what? And as a result, states started implementing voter ID laws faster than you can say gerrymandering. And nothing says democracy like making it harder for people to participate than figuring out how to assemble IKEA furniture. And let's talk about gerrymandering, shall we? It's like politicians discovered a way to play the world's most frustrating game of Tetris with people's rights. Districts are shaped like Rorschach's ink blocks on LSD, all in the name of political advantage. It's so ridiculous that even Salvador Dali would say, all right, all right, everyone, that's enough. That's a bit too much right there. Now let's talk numbers here for a second. In 2020, black voter turnout reached a historic high with around 63% of eligible black voters casting their ballots, with the turnout for white voters at about 71%. This trend also continued in 2022, 
even with new voter ID laws popping up like daisies in the spring. Shut the front door. Now, on the brighter side of things, a record number of black women were elected to Congress in 2020 and 2022. Clearly, black women are like the MVPs of democracy here, tirelessly working to keep the ship afloat while others are playing shuffleboard on the deck. So the history of the black vote in America is a journey that's often felt like trying to navigate a maze blindfolded. Progress has been made, setbacks have been faced, and satire remains a way to cope with the absurdity of it all. What? Remember, folks, democracy is a team sport, and every vote counts. And until next time, keep fighting the good fight, and may your voter ID always be within arm's reach and your polling place closer than the nearest pumpkin spice latte joint. I'm Marquise Lupton, and now on to our panel. And I hope that you really enjoyed that monologue. That is what we do here on The Melanin Report. And we have our panel right now. We're about to peel the layers back and get into some more about the black vote. I have uh, two esteemed guests with us today. We have cousin of the show. We have cousin Dr. Kamika Campbell. How you doing, cousin? Hey, 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 hey. Doing good, doing well, and and doing we great. have and we have Ms. Anna White. Anna, how are you doing today? I'm doing good. How are you? I am doing well. I'm doing well. So let's just jump right into it. After after that great, I'm I'm like patting myself on the back here, but after that great monologue <laughs> that, that we just heard, can you tell us how is the appreciation level, or rather, where is the appreciation level uh, f- in Harrisburg? for the black vote where is it where is it the appreciation the appreciation let's just start with demographics right so harrisburg is a 78 percent black hispanic and asian basically a bipoc city um with 49 to 51 percent of that being black people wow people who claim that they're black so to me the appreciation should be higher however Juxtapose those statistics with the fact that only out of 33,000 registered voters, cities about 49 to 50,000 people given, you know, give or take during the census um, every 10 years, with about 33,000 registered voters, only barely 20% of those voters vote Mm. in the city. Wow. And that's just across the board? Across the board. Wow. So then there's just about 80% of the city that doesn't participate. Of registered voters. Of up 80% of the registered voters in the city that don't. That do not vote. Wow. Wow. So let's just start there. (laughs) I think the acknowledgement of the potential for impact is there. So Mm -hmm. when we do vote and for however small our biggest turnout is Mm -hmm. i think people acknowledge it i think there's a reasonable fear or consideration for that what if right um we certainly saw that right in the turnout um this past uh city council election Mm -hmm. i think that um if there is a certainty that there will be viable black vote turnout then there is an acknowledgement of his impact, but I think there's also a disheartening reality that is shared across 
black and brown bodies and other individuals of it coming into fruition, right? So we know that there's potential for this impact, but we also are met with the idea and looking at the data that that more times than not is not something that is carried out. So acknowledgement of power versus us utilizing that power is really where we're at in, in Harrisburg City. And do you on uh, I think that there's there's a there's a depreciation um, of of said voters um, when you look at the Lamont Jones situation? Do you feel as though that there's a depreciation even for those that do participate? Depreciation. I think people are not only are they. The folks who are voting, especially we have a we have a significant other people who do vote, we have a significant portion of super voters, which is people who vote in every election plus special elections. They voted every turn mm-hmm. over the last ten years. They voted in every election. Mm. Um, we have another the next class of voters who they're voters. They vote usually um, special the municipal and the generals, right? Mm-hmm. Presidential and county, city, state, and then we have our Sometimes voters who mm-hmm. vote usually only for the general election and then usually only for the president, mm. um, vice president. So we have these different classes of voters. And the super voter class, particularly in the city, sometimes you can widen this to the black and brown population in the county, but particularly in our city, um, they are they feel like they're carrying everyone else. Mm-hmm. Oh. Right? So... They are trying to get their neighbors. They're trying to get their friends out. They're working really hard to get people out to vote, and they feel like they're carrying folks. Mm. But then there's another smaller set of people who who fancy themselves manipulating elections. Mm. And that's another important group to note in the city because these folks have been able to manipulate lawfully. This is an, I always mm-hmm. try to like to make sure we put that in there because people say, oh, they're doing something bad. Why don't we just get them? Mm-hmm. No, they're lawfully using the system to disqualify and to intimidate voters and candidates. Mm. So we've got these mixes. And so when we talk about debre- depreciation, it's complex because you'll have folks who work really hard to get folks to the polls really hard Mm -hmm. to get candidates on the ballot and then you'll have folks working even harder to disqualify candidates to invalidate invalidate electors and petition signers and uh, essentially voters um, which leads to a level of fatigue I think amongst the sometimes voters and the voters who that's that's always a group you're trying to stimulate that group that Sometimes voting, the group that is voting a good amount of the time, mm-hmm. um, you're always trying to stimulate them to do more voting because that, those are the, that's the first group. But the fatigue, when they see things like this happening, when they're seeing not just voter disenfranchisement, when they're seeing candidate intimidation, yeah. when they're seeing candidates being disenfranchised as well, not only does your vote not count, which is a common refrain, mm-hmm. the next refrain is, we can't even get people who look like us, who we think thinks like us, to represent us because they're going to be disqualified. Yeah. 
Yeah. And I think that depreciation also goes into those community leaders and those grassroots organizations that are going into it as well, right? So there's a fatigue of consistently trying to go against that mechanism of no matter what you do, um, it takes a lot to inspire. It takes a lot to ignite and get people activated and not necessarily always just register, but there and present throughout the entire process so they can see what's happening, right, very clearly. Um, And then they can activate their voice ultimately at the poll. There is a lot of fatigue in grassroots organizations and community leaders to try to keep a very healthy and viable appreciation of the black vote, right? So things like that, um, with more recently councilman-elect Lamont Jones, um, it really is speaking to the idea of what happens when you finally get a candidate that will create that level of movement in communities that oftentimes do not always vote and are not always super voters, right? Mm -hmm. But when you get that opportunity, the threat of that, and what that does in how people manipulate votes and what that does in um, understanding that there is a little bit of truth to, yeah, your vote can get you somewhere. But if we don't want that vote to count, there are still mechanisms in place to assure whether it's legal or not, that um, that vote is not validated and it's not mm. a viable vote for the candidate that you deem necessary um, if it doesn't fit within this kind of agenda or strategy. And and talking about that fitting in the, the agenda or strategy, I, I'm looking um, I'm specifically at Lancaster City, um, uh, where they just had their, um, well, not just, but they had their uh, um, primary elections uh, in in May. And, and yeah. I, I'm looking at how how the uh, Lancaster Democrat City Committee Chair, she ran. She's an Afro-Latino woman. She ran. Mm-hmm. And the city party did not endorse her. Mm-hmm. Now, this is somebody that went around the city for two years, got other candidates elected, knocked on doors, you know, and, and this is a woman that, that you know, she's she's... Um, she's a, a, a couple years prior to 50 years old, um, and, and I believe she has uh, fibromyalgia. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, so going out there physically knocking on doors mm-hmm. hours at a time, like mm-hmm. that's taxing. And she mm-hmm. was doing that for candidates in the city and around the state as well, and doing that work and and fundraising for the city committee. She could not get endorsed when running for city council. Mm-hmm. What was the reason? Why did they didn't want to? Endo- they did not want to what endorse the, her. What was the reason out loud that they provided? Out loud. What's when they said? Uh, well, well, they said that be- because she she openly endorsed unendorsed candidates, but at that time nobody mm-hmm. was endorsed. Mm-hmm. So it's it's. Um, moving the goalposts. She openly endorsed unendorsed candidates. Okay. Yes, and, well, and 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 then that was that was the reason why. Um, most recently, this was a week ago. Mm-hmm. They just kicked her out of the city committee because mm-hmm. she openly endorsed um, uh, somebody that's running as an independent. And and her 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 thing was well, they're from my neighborhood. And I support them and I support their views. That doesn't mean that I don't support the party. Mm-hmm. You yeah. know, uh, but it was just the excuse that was necessary in order to leverage it. Exactly. Yeah. And it also depends on what the bylaws say. So, like, for example, the Dolphin County Democratic Committee, 
their bylaws explicitly say that you cannot support a Republican candidate mm-hmm. um, against a Democratic one. Mm-hmm. It doesn't say independent, so that's tricky language. But if the if the bylaws say, oh, well, you can't do a thing, then they may have standing. But we just had a whole situation where you, you can vote as a committee mm-hmm. to um, endorse a candidate come through the they can come through the candidates committee they can come through the endorsement committee they can come through the different channels be endorsed by the larger committee mm-hmm. and still be sued by a sitting committee person so <laughs> it's who's 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 making the rules yeah and i think it's two things also i i love when people make individuals show their hands so there's always this kind of um utopian concept of like everyone's equal we want Mm -hmm. everyone to have these opportunities until a person takes you up on that offer right so when black and brown bodies fully commit to okay if you want equity and you want inclusion you want diversity i'm in here and then they go wait 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 hold on we didn't really want you to take take us up well not you so it's (laughs) it's this thing where we are consistently seeing that the walk and the talk do not align that when individuals want to do the thing and cash in on their promise that it's not always realized and then you come to that reality where they're like oh you're not really into this you know space that just because we're in a diverse community doesn't mean that you want diverse value or ideologies that are going into active decision making Mm -hmm. so it's okay to be so like for Lamont Jones's example it's okay to be the top tier mentor for re-entrance but do we want your ideology, your concepts, your lived experiences in active decision making right. in spaces where power and control matter? No. But so long as you are the most powerful Negro in the neighborhood, that's fine. We'll applaud you for that. We have awards for that. We have galas and ceremonies praising community leaders. But we do not want community leaders to have government uh, privilege and control and influence because mm-hmm. that is a different type of power and yes. control. So it leads to a different type of freedom for you and yours that people say in theory that we all want, but we see very clearly that we will throw literally the entire book and then some mm-hmm. to prevent that from happening and um, using legalities and technicalities and things to to the favor of the agenda, but it's not really as free once you try to put it into practice. Well, I like to say that politics is a Game of Thrones. You know, mm-hmm. that that show literally, literally, you can change the names and replace them with, you know, Clinton, Sanders, Trump, you know, and, and it will still give off that that politics type feel. And we uh, do we do want we want community leaders to be in office, right? Mm-hmm. We do want that. However, we don't want ones who aren't bought and paid for. Right. We don't want ones who aren't kissing the ring. Mm-hmm. We don't want ones who aren't playing to the political structure that is apparent at the moment. Right. So, yeah, in every other scenario, a Lamont Jones would be a perfect councilman. Mm-hmm. But he would have to go through the steps of bowing down to the structure, which he hasn't done, yeah. nor does he plan to do, mm-hmm. from my knowledge. So it's they love the accolades, and and when we say they, we, I mean the folks who are able to use the structure to their satisfaction. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they really love on paper the perfect comeback kid, mm-hmm. the perfect story up up out of you know whatever mm-hmm. up out of the you know yeah the trenches yeah, yeah. <laughs> so that that is what usually folks like, but 
there's there's still extra steps if you aren't um, kissing the ring. So mm-hmm. to be able to bypass all those steps, especially for Lamont, this is why you're seeing lawsuits. This is why you're currently hearing rumblings of him being challenged again. Mm-hmm. You, uh, once he's seated, once once he is um, elected in November and approaching January. So there, this is why you hear that because it's about Lamont, but as Lamont even says, it's bigger than him. Yeah. In that, if you have somebody who isn't beholden to anybody on a city council who already is not beholden to other powers, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Now, now a lot of promises that our city administration has made, mm-hmm. a lot of promises that folks have made, mm-hmm. particularly for money that flows down from the federal levels, yeah. can't be fulfilled. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, there's um there's there's a um councilwoman in in Lancaster, you know, though though we may agree on many things. Um um uh councilwoman Janet Diaz. Um mm. she 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 is somebody gets it from the mud. Mm-hmm. You, you you know, she's she's out there, never been endorsed, but Always wins. Yes, oh, yes, yes. Always wins because she she's out there. She does the she work. She does. Mm-hmm. That's true. She she knocks on doors, and, and that's one thing that I can respect um, of her. One of the many things, but but she she gets out there and she knows her message, mm-hmm. and and she doesn't kiss the ring. Mm-hmm. You know, even even with her her her, her thoughts on um, abortion and, and everything like that. That's not your traditional. Um, um, democratic way of, of thinking be, mm-hmm. because she's she's uh, she's Catholic before she's a Democrat. Mm-hmm. Um, so so even even with that, like you're not going to take her or knock her off of her morals Moral. or mm-hmm. or anything like that just to pander to the party. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And and I think that they fear her. Mm-hmm. And, and at every turn, you know, they put up this obstacle and everything like that and she'll knock it down yeah. knock it down knock it down you know mm-hmm. uh but that doesn't ease the pressure from them mm-hmm. if anything that just adds the pressure and then there's more yeah. suppression mm-hmm. and then there's more oppression which honestly frustrates me and, and it sounds like Lamont may face the same type type energy and i think what's important to understand is also when you have individuals who are um However you would title it, right? People that are um, from the trenches or people who have had this lived experience and all of these other kind of whatever words you place, right? Mm -hmm. What it really means is that you weren't given that privilege to maybe necessarily have those higher academic accolades or influences or privileges to get into this government space. I think what's critical to understand about those spaces, though, is that people like Lamont and people like the individual who you just stated Mm -hmm. have a way of bringing down this kind of complicated and purposefully complex system into layman's terms and into the houses of everyday people. And for people in spaces where civic education does not happen, specifically in Harrisburg, Pennsylvania, where civic education is not in school systems. Right. Mm -hmm. So you have individuals who are able to not only connect to this community, but also to educate on things and bring light to a lot of the things that are purposefully left out of our our lens. Right. And um, when you can create that level of not only influence, but that truth telling Mm -hmm. and bringing the everyday language into what's happening in politics, you become very dangerous 
you become a threat because not now it's not about me just simply being in this space. But hey, now I can tell my uh, my neighbors or the people that I am at the park with or the people that I'm at this activity with what's really going on, right? Yeah. Like what is really happening and what really those those pieces of pol- political um, oppression and suppression look like. And then that empowers the community even more yeah. that is purposefully left out of kind of this civic engagement. So when a person is able to activate an entire community, speak the language, be educated in the language, but translate that into the communities that are purposefully left out, it becomes a larger threat to this larger agenda where ignorance is critical Mm. to the survival of that agenda. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, one of the things about this particular race, particularly in our city with city council, that was really interesting about just how it all turned out was that some of the folks that ran for office were strategically placed and were strategically picked Hmm. so that they could offset the balance. Um, And Lamont was a surprise. Mm -hmm. Yeah. They had counted him out. Mm -hmm. And what's beautiful about that is he ran... he ran a campaign, his campaign in a way that they really couldn't tell what he was doing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So that worked. Not only did it work in his favor, um, but keeping his cards close to his chest was was a way to. It worked in his favor, but it, it was also a way to let let folks know that there's another way to do this. Mm-hmm. Um, because okay. traditionally, at least in the last twenty. 25 years, 30, maybe more, folks see only a couple of paths to holding elected office. Mm. So mm-hmm. in whatever way Lamont did it, you know, whether it's known or unknown, it was different yeah. than what is socially acceptable. I shouldn't even say socially acceptable. What has been forced upon folks, I would say that's a better word, um, in order to win. Do you want to win? Well, you're going to follow everything we say because... That's going to get you in there. So Lamont not doing that shows people there's another there's another way. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, yes, he is sub. Yes, he, to answer your question, he's absolutely being subjected to some of those powers to think. And it's funny because the it's not people like name the names, do the thing. I wish I could. I know some of the names, mm-hmm. but these structures change and and morph yeah. and chameleon. Mm-hmm depending on who wants what at what time. Right. Right? And there are people waiting to take advantage of people's base desires at every turn. Yeah. So, yes, we could name some names, but they're going to change, and they're going to morph into whatever people need in an, a certain election cycle at a certain time. Right. Um, mm-hmm. To become that oppressive structure, to become a part of the oppressive structure, and showing people that there's a different way to do it, that they don't have to sell their souls to get elected, mm-hmm. but they should actually connect with people and be a part of the communities in a meaningful way and be a part of the communities in a meaningful way that actually not just pushes the conversation forward, but actually enacts change on the ground. Mm. This is what is lacking in these other ways of, of trying to get people into office. They're not trying to do that. They see dollar signs. They see federal contracts. They see money coming into Harrisburg. They see a whole bunch of people not paying attention. That's what they see. Yeah. Right. And so having a Lamont proves that people are paying attention. Mm-hmm. Having almost 100 people show up at the courthouse two Tuesdays ago shows that people 
are paying attention, right. mm-hmm. which is different than what you have seen before. Having me and Anna and other folks being able to mobilize and get folks out in four or five days to a community education session and then to the courthouse yeah. shows that people do want to be involved in their civic processes. Right. Um, so, yes, while, yes, he is being subject to some of those pay-for-play, rigid, gatekeeping, autocratic systems, yes. However, he has proven um, and his team has proven that that's not the only game in town. And yeah. that's what really scares some mm-hmm. of the folks who are who have been you know, in this arena for a long time. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I I love that. I love that. So um, we are going to put a pin in it right there. I I feel like we could we could definitely give this another twenty. Um, <laughs> uh, but um, uh, here on the Melanin Report, we do like to end the week on a high note. Oh yes, Let's do it. Uh, Let's so, go. Uh, so I'm ready. We are going to uh, <laughs> hit y'all off with some uh, hypotheticals for our last five minutes. So, first question, who is the best male R&B group of the 90s? Mm. We have A, Drew mm-hmm. Hill, mm-hmm. B, Jodeci, mm-hmm. C, Boys to Men, mm-hmm. D, New Edition. Okay, it's Boys to Men. Oh. Mm-hmm. There's no other answers on that question. What? Mm. Albums, songs, what? hits, one for one. Let's go. Ooh. Drew Hill. Oh. Mm. oh. Depends what kind of mood you're in. I don't know that I was sad when I was that little, and I feel like Boys to Men is just kind of like relationship, right? It was like a flow. So yeah, I feel like Drew Hill was like, "Let's go party." Most time Philly was classic. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, yes. Um, well, I'm I, I I was going to go with New Edition. I feel like Drew Hill. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, I, I feel like Drew Hill mm-hmm. is a rendition of New Edition. Mm-hmm. I feel like Boys the Men, you know, got they swag from mm-hmm. New New Edition. I, I mean, literally with mm-hmm. Michael Bivens. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You, you know, mm-hmm. so so I, I I feel like this is always a how old were you in that space <laughs> yeah. question, yeah. right? Yeah. yeah, true. Yeah, true. I feel like, but I feel like yes, all of that. But I feel like boys and men were the only ones to really capitalize. I mean, that's a bad word, and really innovate on the boy, the black boy band sound. The rest of them yeah, I can were do, doing a lot of other the things. The discipline was there. Oh, was oh there. yeah, yes it was. It was the there. old school performance it was there. Yeah. and what those components look like for it sure. Was there. Yeah. And, and, and Wanye And he's out here too. And he's out here too. And his no controversies. And they still cost more than all the rest of them. I just want to say Absolutely. that. Really? Yes. <laughs> they As still they cost should. more than all the rest of them. They cost they more should. than everybody, yeah. As mm-hmm. they should. Okay. They said that um uh they said that relationships aren't working these days because we grew up on Jodeci. That's right. So I don't mm. I, <laughs> relationships aren't working because we are not crying in the rain let's go <laughs> we used to cry in the rain and beg for we and used to cry in the grab rain. it in the sky that's right that, that, you gotta rain. grab it in the sky <laughs> you gotta get to the end of the road <laughs> you gotta throw your clothes on the floor you gotta count backwards from 10 you're not doing nothing. Right, right. say I'm doing just fine right <laughs> we want all of it we're not we want all of it oh man the kings the kings of the ballard alright um, <laughs> I'm gonna give you that Dr. K thank that's you right. yeah, I think I came over right so um what's what's the one thing your grandma is always going to have in her purse mm-hmm. is it a gum mm-hmm. b tissues mm-hmm. c mints d a uh um a pistol oh 
I'm very Dominican, so I don't know what type of answer is happening here. But um, <laughs> I just always feel like grandmothers always have some type of food happening. It's got to right? be a mint. Got to be, be a mint. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's a mint or gum. Know. Yeah, um, too. Yeah, I'm. I'm. I'm gonna say mints. You know, in mm-hmm. in church. You know, when you've been sitting there for mm-hmm. three hours and, 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 it's and like, counting, and, and it's like, Nana, I'm hungry. Like, oh, I got something for oh, you. At I the mean. bottom of the bag, <laughs> I got the, butter, the butterscotch The butterscotch. Ones, <laughs> those little uh, cherry-looking ones. Or there's original. The one thing that you can't find anymore. Right. The, the strawberry uh, chewy center. Yeah. Yeah. Delicious. yeah. That's yeah. what we want. That's what we want. Oh, what, yeah. what, 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 what were those? I don't know. I, I, don't, I, I don't think I strawberry hard Instagram candy. When they were trying to find that strawberry centered yeah. wrapper with the strawberry green hard at the candy is all it's called. It looks like a watermelon. Yeah. 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 And why 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 did all grandmothers have that? Because we all come from a different yeah. um, ge- ge- geography. Our background is, is different, but it seems like same reason they had that tin can with no cookies. <laughs> the worst grandmother upset. Of all time across all cultures. Yo, the best, the best meme, the best meme I've seen was a picture of that. The blue one. Yes. (laughs) Just needles and disappointment. Never the cookies. Never. Never. I just want you to know it's called strawberry heart candy. I just. That's, <laughs> wow. This. And we never saw the grandmoms eating those cookies no, before never. the tin was empty no, no, either. No, 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 no. And I never seen seen mine purchase them. It just always they just always the had them. The tin was always there. Yeah. So Passed down. I would like to see your strawberry cookie tin, and I would like to raise you the caramel tri flavor popcorn tin because that is what my mother had now oh. for some reason. Oh. The big popcorn filled thing with, with the three separate sections? Filled with things. No, I did. Now, that's like too tall. That was a lot. And that's why she chose it, because yeah. it was bigger. Well, I definitely saw that purchased. I never saw those um, sugar cookies purchased. Nef- I, no, never. Saw I never purchase. saw the little wrinkled white paper. They anywhere. were always gifts. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Around and Christmas then they'd time. be empty. Yeah. Yeah. And then there were other things in there. <laughs> <laughs> like, baby, let me get that can when you're done. Yeah, definitely candy. Right, right. So then um, our, our final one before we call it the evening. So what's something your mama told you to do that she can do herself? Mm-hmm. A, take the chicken out. B, turn the light out. C, watch your kids. Or D, go to the store. Oh, I was respecting the remote immediately. Yeah, I was saying the remote. I was waiting for That's him the and answer. The That's the <laughs> yes. most resentment I feel. It's built. the remote. Like, yes. I'm mad at her now today because yeah. she was six inches away from the remote. <laughs> but I had to come from upstairs <laughs> to, come to in downstairs the house from outside. <laughs> to get the remote for her. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a good one. Very rude. <laughs> no respect. That's yeah. a good one. I I purposely I purposely don't do that to my kids. Yes. Be, be, because that that kind of I, I mean not like super trauma or anything mm, like that. It's a little bit of trauma. <laughs> I don't know. I find myself doing it like, it's finally my time. And then my daughter's like, really, mom? Like, it was right here. And then she tells her friends and I'm like, well, now you've shamed me. <laughs> that, they're about to put her on TikTok because you know these kids today. Right, they right, right. They're going to put her on TikTok. But I think, what was the thing about uh, putting the taking the chicken out? I just feel like that was always poor oh, planning. Oh man, poor planning! Like poor you could have done it, but y'all left for work, right? And now you expect me to come home from school and remember after you told me when I you told me at eight o'clock, seven thirty in the morning as as it got later grades earlier to take things out when I got home at four. I'm never 
going to remember I, that. Never. It's not yeah. happening. Never. My, Can't take it out. My dad was notorious. <laughs> notorious. Wake me up. Hey, hey, hey. When you get home, take that when steak out. When you get home? <laughs> like, but we're all home. How many things are going to happen between now right and now. then? Yeah. You're not going to remember anything about <laughs> Like on your way, it gives it an extra thawing power if you take it out on your way. Take it out now. You take it out and put it in the fridge. Yeah. Right. And leave me alone. Because I was the youngest, so it certainly wasn't raise mm, your kids. Mm, but mm. also, yes. Oh, man. Well, we are going going to put a pin in it right there. I want to thank our two guests for, for joining us today, for joining us this week on The Melanin Report. I'm Marquise Lupton. This is The Melanin Report. We'll see you on the other side. Peace. That baby making music, you know what I mean? Yeah. No